For the first four decades of its existence, the Los Angeles Police Department led a desultory existence. Founded in 1869 with six paid men, the force was outmatched from the beginning. While the department proved adept at tasks such as keeping cattle out of the streets and forcing Indians into chain gangs, it showed little ability to curb the startlingly high levels of violence that prompted its creation. The name of this city is in Spanish the City of Angels, but with much more truth might it be called at present the City of Demons, wrote a visiting divine. While I have been here in Los Angeles only two weeks, there have been eleven deaths, and only one of them a natural one. Far from reducing the violence, the police at times contributed to it, as on the memorable occasion when the city marshal, also the city dog catcher and tax collector, got into a shootout with one of his own officers at the corner of Temple and Main after a dispute over who should receive the reward for capturing and returning a prostitute who had escaped from one of the city's Chinese tongs. While there are undoubtedly good men upon the police force, the body as a whole is not a matter for our citizens to be proud of, sighed the Los Angeles Herald in 1900. It is perfectly obvious to all that the policemen have not been selected for their honesty or fitness, but through political favor and for political purposes. Many officers are over age, some under size, others unfit for duty. Some do not pay their just debts. Others figure prominently in divorce cases, and some receive money from sporting women for the privilege of soliciting upon the streets. In their defense, it should be noted that police officers received no training and very little support. After being hired, officers were required to supply themselves with the gear necessary for the job. Two uniforms, hats, boots, a revolver, a gun belt and cartridges, handcuffs, and a billy club. For this, they were paid $75 a month at the turn of the century, less than a milk delivery man. In theory, policemen of the era were charged with many tasks. Officers not only apprehended criminals, they were also responsible for preparing cases against criminals appearing in court. They picked up loose paper on the streets, blowing paper could spook horses, cleared weeds from abandoned lots, enforced foot-and-mouth disease regulations, notified businessmen of upcoming police auctions, and enforced licensing requirements. Officers also responded to fires and floods. In practice, few applied themselves to their work with much zeal. A 1904 study of the Chicago Police Department found that police officers spent most of their time not on the streets, but in saloons, restaurants, barber shops, bowling alleys, pool halls, and boot-black stands. The activities of plainclothes detectives were more suspect still. When they operated out of saloons and dives, supposedly in order to better monitor the underworld, it was often difficult to distinguish them from the men they were tasked with policing. Detectives routinely demanded cuts from the pickpockets, pimps, burglars and bunco men who operated in their areas, often at the behest of local elected officials who frequently insisted on a cut as well. Most were not particularly good at solving crimes. When something truly serious happened, 
For instance, the 1910 firebombing of the Los Angeles Times, cities turned to more capable outfits, such as the William Burns Detective Agency. In 1902, the LAPD's woes were greatly exacerbated by two ministers' discovery of Los Angeles's booming crib district, which centered at the time on Sanchez Street, an alley just off the historic plaza. The clergyman immediately set out to publicize the horrors of this market for human flesh with a series of vivid pamphlets and books which sold very well. Inflamed churchmen descended on hell's half-acre to implore its prostitutes and saloon-keepers to renounce.